The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who, come, who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. He said to them, I, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. One of my favorite stories of experiencing God is the one that Sarah Miles tells. Miles was an atheist living in San Francisco when she wandered into St. Gregory Episcopal Church on a Sunday morning. She writes that she had never heard a gospel reading or said the Lord's Prayer, but she found a seat and took in the scene. And when the priest said, Jesus invites everyone to his table, the whole gathering moved to a table that had some dishes and a pottery goblet on it. And she goes on to write that after some more standing and singing, someone pressed a piece of fresh crumbly bread into her hands, saying, the body of Christ. And they handed her the goblet of sweet wine, saying, the blood of Christ. And she ends this part of her story saying, then something outrageous and terrifying happened. Jesus happened to me. Another story is the one that I witnessed on this past Easter morning. We were still worshiping in the parking lot where we had been most every Sunday since October. And as I preached, I saw a man stop on the sidewalk on Marietta Street. He stood and he listened. And as the hymn of the day played, I walked over and I invited him to come a little closer and join us. And he did move a little closer during the prayers. And when we received communion that morning, I took bread and wine to him where he stood. And he received it there. Just like on that morning at St. Gregory's, Jesus happened. What we find in the bread and the wine set in God's word and bound to it is the treasure of God's promised forgiveness of sins for you and for me. In his large catechism, Martin Luther wrote, the treasure is opened and placed at everybody's door. And yes, upon the table, but it also belongs to the sacrament to take it and confidently believe that it is just as the words given and shed for you tell. 
addressing the crowd in John's gospel, Jesus says, The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they respond eagerly, commanding Jesus, commanding Jesus, Lord, give us this bread always. Hearing their enthusiasm, I remember that Luther wrote, if you could see how many daggers, spears, and arrows are aimed at you every moment, you would be glad to come to the sacrament as often as you can. In the sacrament, Christ gives himself for us so that it is impossible for sin, death, hell, and Satan to stand before him, thrusting our weakness and his strength together where they become one. As I said, today's worship theme is practicing communion, and while practicing communion begins with receiving this treasure from Christ, it doesn't end there. When we receive communion, we become one bread and one drink among another. As Paul said to the Corinthians, when you make bread, all the grains of wheat are crushed and ground together so that each grain becomes the flour of the others. And they're all mixed together, and not one grain of wheat retains its original form. Instead, each loses its body in order to become the one body of bread. In the same way, when you make wine, each grape mixes its juice with the other, so that no single grape remains. Each loses its form to become one drink. Gathered here together as church, our manyness becomes oneness. And the result isn't mealy or bland, sour or sharp. Instead, it is hearty, it is sweet, and it is joyful. Practicing communion nourishes us as we support the life we have with God and each other in faith. Faith is never about only Jesus and you. As much as God's promise is for you, your witness to the faith that sustains you matters to others. Watching how you persevere in hard times. Witnessing the gratitude that you name in joyful times. Hearing your questions when you wrestle with God. Experiencing peace when you pray together seeing how you care for all those whom God loves. Practicing communion means your presence and participation in the body of Christ matters. Whether you are worshiping online or here in the sanctuary, commit to not being a mere spectator, but participating fully in worship. Willing to be surprised by God's work in and through you. I hope that our worship together over these six weeks will help you name the reasons we gather and what difference our faith makes in our lives, but also how your faith and witness make a difference 
in the lives of the people around you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for your son Jesus, the one who brings life to the world. Thank you for your forgiveness of our sins and the strength to stand against evil. Give us courage to practice communion at the table and in our lives, that we would be nourished by you and support one another in all things. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.